Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable, coming to you from Beijing. I'm He Young. Good as always to have you join us on today's show. Dynamic pricing means prices change based on demand or customer type. Think airlines and hotels. But now, folks in a number of countries wonder: Are we ready to see moving price tags at restaurants? And we're all ears for your burning questions or epic stories. Grab your smartphone, record a voice memo, and let's make radio magic. Send your thoughts to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. You might just steal the spotlight in our next heart to heart. For today's program, I'm joined by Xingyu in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. First on today's show, we've all been there. The sudden spike in flight. Prices when booking last minute, the premium on a snug hotel room during peak seasons, or that rainy day ride with Didi or Uber that leaves us feeling a bit lighter in the wallet. But now a new wave is rolling in, and the effects of dynamic pricing are extending beyond travel, seeping into the dining experiences in a number of countries. So Xinyu, let's go to you first. Please、yeah. explain this concept of dynamic pricing. Yeah, sure. So dynamic pricing is basically a pricing model that adjusts the prices of the products or services depending on demand, competition, and many other factors. So especially in periods of high demand, we can see that the more scarce or rare the products are, the more valuable and pricey they can get. And Dynamic pricing is a staple of the travel industry. Like you said, it's a norm for the airline tickets, hotel rooms, and ride-sharing services in China and across the world. The other day, we just had this heavy snow in Beijing, and I noticed that <laughs> the fee of getting a taxi ride literally increased during my way home.、Mm-hmm. So. Can I just ask you a quick question, though?、Mm-hmm. Were you hailing the taxi on a? Uh, on a car, car hailing platform. Platform. Didi.、Yeah. Okay. So in the old days, when we used to have to either call a taxi company、mm-hmm. or go out in the pavement of the street and you know physically be there waving to get a taxi, back in the day, the fee would have been the same as、mm. you know. When weather is beautiful. <laughs> so anyway, so we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, not just in these extreme weather's, but also during the past busy Chinese New Year holiday. I think many of us have experienced the surge in airline tickets and also hotel rooms. So in that sense, actually, the dynamic pricing can be traced back to as early as the 1980s for the airline industry, and、um, they have been adjusting their ticket prices according to demand, seasonality, and also the flight time.、Mm-hmm. So it's quite common. In our daily lives, right?、Mm-hmm. And speaking of recently, during the just past Spring Festival period,、mm-hmm. this incident was talked and discussed a whole bunch on the internet, and I'm just going to spill it out for you. <laughs> so the price of return tickets from Sanya, Hainan Province, rose tenfold to. Ten thousand yuan at the end of the Chinese New Year was what was trending, and is this a classic case of price gouging, or simply market economics one hundred and one at play? Josh, I'm not sure if you've checked out the details, but what's your hunch feeling about this? Yeah, I have checked out the details, and I 
I think that it's maybe a little bit of both. And I guess that the reality is that most industries are going to evolve into this sort of dynamic pricing at, at some point. And um, I think that it, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm, there's a lot of angles that we can look at here, which I'm sure we're going to. And I, I think that when it comes to ultimately increased revenue potential, I think that's the biggest factor here. I think that dynamic pricing really allows these businesses to take into the main factor, which is demand. And uh, of course, seasonality and time of day are really important for every business, right? And mm -hmm. I think that the main reason that it seems frustrating for the customer is just because it's been this way, seemingly been this way for such a long time, right? At least if we're going to talk about maybe the food industry or the restaurant industry, not having dynamic pricing. Um, and I guess it seems a little bit scary uh, almost, but I've actually experienced a bit of dynamic pricing in the food industry anyway. In the UK, we have um, a lot of things in supermarkets, for example, where I know this isn't a restaurant, but whereby you can buy fresh produce at a, a reduced rate depending on the time of day that you go in and things like this. So there are already some examples of this happening. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, to answer your question, I, I think that it is a little bit of both, but I think that it's sort of an, a natural evolution. Hmm. Well, yes, this is certainly not a new thing when we're talking about dynamic pricing, mm -hmm. but thanks to the development of technology and a whole bunch of other things, it feels it's going kind of extreme and <laughs> we'll get into the details in a sec but certainly I want to check with you Xinyu about what do you think of you know all this brouhaha about the flight price increase in Hainan recently mm. for me I personally didn't experience the surge because I booked my flights to and from the city of Chengdu like a month ahead of the holiday mm -hmm. so that was a bit more expensive than usual but it's acceptable but for this crazy Hainan and also I've heard that uh, tickets to and from Harbin the city of Harbin the most popular tourist destination this winter also surged like tenfold so I think um, that's I don't know for market many, forces yeah market forces probably and especially for consumers it can be a we don't like it. Yeah, we don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody wants to pay more. <laughs> I totally understand. Yeah. And also, when we talk about the 10,000 yuan return tickets, actually, they are the business class tickets. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you know, if you look at economy tickets, yes, they became more expensive, but there was something like uh, 3,500. So that's like, you know, times the average price by 3.5. Still quite a bit more expensive. And um, and this really hits a nerve on people because when you have to come back to work and you're just desperately scouring for tickets and you don't want to pay that much more. And recently we've seen that dynamic pricing have hit restaurants in multiple countries, not yet here in China. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing like so many people talking about it on Twitter and elsewhere. So what are some of the examples that are hitting folks hard when it comes to moving price tags in restaurants? Mm -hmm. So for the restaurant industry, we have long accustomed to these fixed menu prices. But now we have seen dynamic pricing being adopted in countries like the UK and also the US. For instance, in the UK, Stonegate Group, it owns 
a nationwide pub and bar chain called Slug and Lettuce. It announced in September 2023 that they would start charging more for beer during peak hours. So a pint of beer during the busiest periods will cost drinkers 20 pennies more under the dynamic pricing system. Mm-hmm. And Actually, in the U.S. too, chains like Dave and Buster's, they have already planned to implement dynamic pricing, which marked a significant departure from the traditional fixed pricing model. So mm-hmm. there are actually instances, and I think it's not something quite new mm-hmm. in the dining industry because in the past we do have restaurants they have this special offer day or special offer night mm-hmm. but they would you know in the past we have this physical menu boards so they would have to change the price of the dishes or the meals by putting up a sticker on the boards, <laughs> uh-huh. or sometimes they would yeah. put up a sign at the door to show that they are offering special meals but mm-hmm. nowadays with everything the menus going digital we are seeing that more restaurants they are coming with this real-time dynamic pricing this model or system to show you how these prices can be different Mm -hmm. hey the thing is we don't know the price is different because (laughs) these days in china like often you're encouraged to order your meal using your WeChat, so one app on your phone. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't show you that the price is fluctuating. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you just assume this is supposedly the amount you're supposed to pay whenever during the day, unless there is this like disclosure, which, well, here in China, actually, we haven't really experienced this that much. But Josh, you mentioned earlier that dynamic pricing is not a new thing, which I absolutely agree. And I can think of plenty of examples Some are really good examples. One thing comes to mind, happy hour. So during the slow moments of a day or a week and you get, you know, one drink, buy one, get one free during happy hour and people like it. But here with dynamic pricing in restaurants now, I suppose what's kind of irksome to folks is that, sure, I know that during peak time, you want to charge more, but what about slow times? Am I paying less? Am I getting a good deal? And that's hardly the case. So that can be a little bit unpleasant to say the (laughs) least. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I actually used to work in Slug and Lettuce, the example that you gave. And Slug and Lettuce, it doesn't surprise me at all that it's come up as an example here because Slug and Lettuce is is a massive chain that has basically been utilizing dynamic pricing for decades. It's happy hours are every day, almost every day. They, They have something, some sort of deal on. Um, uh, their most famous one being two-for-one cocktails, um, which was really awful being a bartender (laughs) during those times, I must tell you. But um, that was my job, was to make cocktails. But um, anyway, I think that I can understand why, as you say, it irks some people. And I I guess it's maybe a little bit too soon to tell because dynamic pricing in the transportation industry, as we know, it usually works with off-peak and on peak hours, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Whereby if it's really busy, then it's going to be more expensive. There's going to be surcharges, et cetera. But with food, I think that it it may well be the opposite thing. Um, If we're to take happy hour as something that's worked, I mean, evidently it does work, right? Because it's been in existence for so long. So um, maybe we're going to see something, as you say, Yang. I think that's a really smart observation that it might be, could be the flip side. So it just means that during quieter hours 
it's more expensive, which makes a lot of sense, right? And it, again, it's frustrating for the customer, but from the vendor's point of view, it means that you can reduce waste, right? And of course, that means to turn a profit, um, which I, I guess uh, never seems like a good thing uh, uh, when we're talking from the customer's perspective, but mm. at least when it comes to reducing waste and such, I think it makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah, but also I think now a relevant question could be, if is this working? Because if it doesn't work, then mm. you're not going to be able to so-called reduce waste. And also, is it yeah. able to maximize profits? Then, well, kind of depends on whether people buy this or not. And so you, what do you see as the benefits and challenges mm -hmm. of dynamic pricing in restaurants? Yeah, sure. So I think for these business operators, it definitely, by adjusting prices based on demand, can allow more flexibility and adaptability for food services operations and also especially for a restaurant, they can offer discounts in slow moments to draw more diners into the restaurant. And also they can raise costs during the busy times to maximize gains. So in that sense, we can see that dynamic pricing system really works for them to be more competitive and um, to maximize their profits in that mm -hmm, way mm -hmm. but also from a customer's perspective it can really cause a backlash because for many of these platforms they are not going transparent so you don't know you're charged more for during these peak hours or rush hours so i think some customers they are seeing this dynamic pricing as not so fair. And if they know they're charging more during these peak hours, they would rather go somewhere else to have the dinner or have the meal. And also an increasing number of restaurants, they are adopting this AI tools to help with dynamic pricing systems. So these can also cause more for technological investments and also personnel. Right, and dynamic pricing, in my opinion, right now, so we're not talking about like 20 years ago or 100 years ago. Now it is characterized by real-time price adjustments based mm -hmm. on market conditions and customer behavior with the ultimate goal to set prices that are optimized for consumers' willingness to pay. And you know the most frustrating thing about all of this is, okay, here's another term dynamic pricing for high value users oh. and a lot of this is only made possible thanks to technology and in chinese i think we have this phrase that used to that became a buzz a phrase a few years ago called da shu sha shou so essentially this is about dynamic pricing algorithms being employed to dynamically adjust prices for high spending users. It's almost like your loyalty and the vast amount of money in comparison to the next person who's using this app, this person is being discriminated for spending more and feeding more data mm -hmm. and your personal sort of you know, digital history to that platform mm -hmm. because you will get a more expensive quote or, you know, figure of booking for the same service as somebody else. And Josh, how do you feel about that? Well, that's pretty scary, isn't it? <laughs> and that seems very unfair. I mean, I, I understand dynamic pricing um, based on, 
you know, seasonal dynamic pricing and such, or, you know, even within a day in a restaurant, for example, having uh, busier or more quieter hours. But when it comes to having different prices for different people, you know, based on data and such, I, I think that I, I wouldn't agree with that at all. That seems very unfair. And I guess really what we're talking about is how much competition, how competitive do we want the market to be, um, which is an age old question. The more dynamic this pricing is, basically, it gives these businesses more of a competitive aspect, which can be positive. You know, I, I guess that it can also be good for customers. If if you know, for example, I mean, the question you asked me is quite an extreme situation, right? But I guess to try and play devil's advocate and look at the positive side of it, if one knows that data and such is going to result in more a product being more or less expensive or spending habits, uh, one's spending habits may influence this, it brings a competitive aspect to spending, which means that it could also be beneficial for you if you spend more, I don't know, more carefully or um, mm. if you're more conscious about your shopping habits and such. But I mean, for me, that just sounds exhausting and quite dystopian. One thing that I feel that today's consumers were in a major a disadvantaged position, thanks to us making so many shopping decisions via our smartphone, mm -hmm. is that a lot of the times we don't know what everybody else is paying for the mm -hmm. same service because yeah. there's not always a flat rate. And you simply just don't know that information. Unlike in the old days, when going back to the previous example of mm -hmm. hailing a taxi at the street, and you see there's that sticker that's on the taxi window, which shows the taxi rate of every mile. And we just don't have that anymore. And therefore, how do you know even before you make a protest? So... Yeah, that's just one of the tricky things yes, I feel yeah, about today's digital economy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Xingyu, tell us how the customers are taking dynamic pricing today. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the U.S. online marketplace vendor called Captera actually conducted a survey, and it showed that 52% of the U.S. consumers, they think dynamic pricing at the restaurants is equivalent to price gouging. And 63% of them say that dynamic pricing makes it more difficult to budget restaurant spending. And also 36% of them say they would order less frequently from a restaurant that implemented dynamic pricing. So I think in that sense, with dynamic pricing adopted in in an increasing number of restaurants across the US and many other countries. Initially, the perception of consumers about dynamic pricing at restaurants doesn't show that high level of acceptance. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a long process, especially for the restaurants to be more transparent. And another interesting survey also show that the younger generation they're more open to dynamic pricing compared with the older generations so probably in the future i think it's unstoppable for dynamic pricing to be applied to more industries probably and maybe younger consumers they have more adaptability or they can be more acceptable to dynamic pricing. Mm -hmm. Okay, the thing is about dynamic pricing is it can go up and can go down. Mm -hmm. Why people are complaining about it is because when it doesn't go down, <laughs> don't you think so? <laughs> I think regardless of your age cohort, if you can get a service or a product at a cheaper price, who would say no to that? 
You know, so I think why people are complaining about it, it's just bloody obvious in that sense. And another thing about like Gen Z or the young people you're alluding to, Josh, do you agree with this perception that they seem to be perfectly okay in accepting Mm. this idea either way? What's your read into the situation? Well, I think that the most obvious reason for that is probably because younger generations are more technologically savvy. And I think that a lot of these, um, a lot of, a lot of, dynamic pricing is deeply integrated into technology. And if we we can take the example of e-commerce, right? E-commerce is already, already utilizes dynamic pricing. There are times in the year, such as double 11, where everybody knows at this time of year, things are much cheaper. And if you are technologically savvy and you keep up with e-commerce, e-commerce in China is so developed that it's even become like a social media platform with streamers, with companies, um, multiple companies competing with one another to have the best quality and cheapest product with things being delivered at different times at different speeds, all of these contribute to dynamic pricing to different pricing. And if you're technologically savvy, then it can even be exciting, right, to (laughs) to be part of this. Mm. And so I, I guess younger generations are more likely to be technologically savvy. And I think this is a, a big reason for that. Yes, indeed. And I remember every year during that period of time that Josh, you just mentioned of the e-commerce shopping spree, internet users would share a manual online about how they do the math because they want to outsmart the vendors who sometimes deliberately make the price of goods more expensive right before the promotional period Mm -hmm. and then make it like a little bit cheaper, you know, <laughs> during the promotional period. And then you're kind of being coaxed into believing that, oh, it got that much more cheaper, but maybe you did not. So there's a whole bunch of mind games, mathematical games people are playing in e-commerce. And people and savvy consumers can be more aware of these things. Mm-hmm. And here in China, although we haven't seen dynamic pricing that much employed in restaurants, but apparently in Movie theaters, this has been used. Mm, like for the past couple of months, there has been a hot debate and discussions about different pricing for seats in many cinemas across the country. And especially during the past Chinese, I have to say it again, Chinese New Year holiday, the price of the tickets for the Spring Festival movies it was crazy. <laughs> but I also heard that there were a lot of uh, coupons given out this year to stimulate the economy. Uh, and people really enjoyed getting cheaper than last year tickets. Oh, really? Oh, oh you, okay. But still for oh, me, I think you didn't get yeah, that. It's crazy. But now we're seeing at, for instance, at a particular screen time, you can see that the prices of the tickets are different based on the seats. Mm-hmm. We have this golden viewing zones and discounted areas. <laughs> Areas, the gap of these prices is increasing. So mm-hmm. it could be up to like 10 yuan 10 these days. Yuan. Yeah, yeah so. like a, a British pound sterling, so <laughs> to speak. Yes, before I go, I just really want to share with you uh, very briefly two lawsuits in the U.S. about dynamic pricing in the digital age. And maybe this will further spur your thoughts about the subject. In 2019, Amazon faced a lawsuit in the U.S. known as Brewster and Others versus Amazon.com, which alleged that the company engaged in price discrimination by using personalized pricing algorithms to charge different prices to different customers based on their 
browsing and purchasing history, mm -hmm. and it ultimately settled outside a court in 2020 for an undisclosed amount. And in 2016, Uber faced a class action lawsuit in the U.S. similar to this one, and it's known as Spencer Meyer versus Travis Kalanick and others. Ultimately, Uber settled the lawsuit for 84 million U.S. dollars. Wow! So definitely, dynamic pricing has its ills, and it doesn't always work.